One day uh, during one of those summers when when they were playing, Vetter just saw a busker outside, like between Wrigley and Murphy's, and he just stood and played with him for like a half hour. And oh people driving by, you could see the video. They were like, God, that guy sounds like Eddie Vetter. That's... And then they're like looking, they're like, that is Eddie Vetter. <laughs> this is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Hey, everybody. We got to dive right in with the big news of the week. Wow. A-Rod and J-Lo, what's up? What's (laughs) going on? Are you breaking up? Are you staying together? What the hell's going on with you two? Celeb couple. What is going on? Can you tell me? Well, there's, you know, there were reports that they are breaking up, that they're dissolving what was to be a marriage. They're engaged uh, and that they're breaking up their engagement. And then immediately uh, the power couple puts out uh, a statement saying, we're not breaking up, we're working through some tough times. So they're acknowledging that something's going on there. I feel like that's a heady play. The let's get engaged and then just stay engaged for a while. And then like kind of live as if we're married and we can kind of test this thing out. And if we don't like it, we never got married. It's also so weird that when you're a celebrity couple of that magnitude, everything you do is is totally public. You know, if you have a, a little hole in your heart, all of a sudden, uh, wind is blowing through it and everybody knows about it. And it's just crazy because every marriage goes through little ups and downs that are totally private within those walls. But w- when you're an A-Rod and a J-Lo, you know, it's on page six of uh, the New York uh, Post or Daily News, whatever has a page six. Maybe we should put out a rumor that the Greg Cody show is getting a divorce just to, you know, get our name in the news a little bit. Yeah, we should do that. That's what this podcast is, right? Should we welcome the people in or... Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but first, I, I just want to uh, wish the best for the future of A-Rod and J-Lo, partly because, uh, you know, they have a registry at Bed Bath & Beyond, and, and I've already bought them a beautiful uh, crock they, pot. They don't have uh, a, a registry at Bed Bath & Beyond. So that's, well, they, you that's know, they, about that. I think they did. I mean, it's a beautiful crock pot. Now, what do I do with it? You know, if they break up, do, do, do am I charge for the crock pot? Do I get it? At any rate, welcome to the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody and Chris Cody. Uh, This is our latest episode on the heels of last week's award-winning Ricky Williams episode. Uh, We have another exciting guest to bring you. Uh, This is an ESPN star, part owner of the Chicago Red Stars, uh, future mayor of Chicago. Uh, Sarah Spain is with us today. How about that? That's exciting. I recently saw she was at a meal with Charles Barkley, and I just want to talk to her about that. We talked to her about a lot of fun stuff. And, and, and her ownership in that soccer team, man, that really excites me. That's why I wanted to have her on. It's, it's been great. You mentioned that. Um, so so um, in, in real sports news, uh, the story right oh, is now this is our news? Mad- is this our news rundown? It is our news rundown. I'm giving you background noise for your news rundown. Imaging. News topics. March Madness is back. It disappeared last year. It was swallowed up by the coronavirus pandemic, but now it's back. It's different. It's different. There are going to be limited crowds. All the games are going to be played in and around Indianapolis, but it's back. And um, I'm a medium-sized college basketball fan, but this tournament interests me, not only because... Not having it last year made you it want did, it this yeah, year? It did, yeah. It sort of did. I'm kind of with you. I, I, I was kind of bored with the brackets. I want to fill out a yeah, bracket yeah. again. God, do I want to fill exactly. out a bracket. And, and not only that, but um, there's a there's a, a feel of fresh air to, to this March Madness to me. And I think part of it, uh, you know, this is Miami-based podcast, so we're 
probably into the ACC more than other conferences. And hallelujah, Duke and North Carolina are finally having off years. That makes it less appetizing. You just made me less no. enthused for the bracket, no, because actually. because it's fresh air. I mean... No, it's not fresh. We need Duke and North Carolina to be good to, for this to okay. be fun. Moving on. Look at Baylor and Illinois oh, are the Christ. number two and three ranked teams in the country right now. Baylor, zero national championships. Illinois, zero That's, national championships. <laughs> you're not making me want to watch. You're making me It's a Cinderella that. story. Oh. Tell me. You only it's like a, a you like a, you want a Cinderella for like the first round, maybe the second round. No one wants the Cinderella in their final four. I'm just saying, if if you have, uh, you I know, did the do 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 thing. You're supposed to move on to the next topic. Oh, am I? There is nothing worse than the guy at the bar pontificating loudly about things he has no business talking about. Oh, this is not just the bar, though. This could be just a regular restaurant, the grocery yes. store. You're talking about when you just overhear somebody talking and you're like, wow, that person's not right. They're saying right. a bunch of wrong things. But even if they're right, uh, they're, they're saying it in a manner that makes it seem as if they have, they're privy to information. Like yeah. uh, this guy was talking loudly about how the state of Texas is, is opening back up only to make it up to the people because they really blew all that power outage thing and then gouged people. And, you know, what he's saying may have a grain of truth to it, but he's on a soapbox speaking as if he's a senator from Texas who actually has inside information. And it's just, uh, you know, as somebody like myself who actually makes a living on a soapbox pontificating, I guess I'm jealous that, uh, you know, he's moving into my territory or something. I don't know. I'm out of news. Do you have anything on Marlins Park drones? I only know that Marlins Park uh, has engaged with a local extermination company to have uh, expertly driven drones fly around the park, disinfecting the place. You know, the Marlins, I think, are going to have like 20% capacity this season. It doesn't mean 20% of people are going to show up. People are still afraid of going to games. So what, are they going to be like dropping sanitizer in my eye as I'm like walking I, in? I don't know. There, there like, was no explanation. There's like, like, like you hold your hand out and it's raining sanitizer. So instead now of needing to squeegee it yourself, it just starts raining. And that rain, right. you can like rub it all over your body. I, I think it might be done when fans aren't there. Uh, but I'm picturing like a big cloud coming from these drones. Like it's gonna be like a fourth inning instead of a st seventh inning stretch. The fourth inning stand up, and then like a, a, a big helicopter with like a bunch of spray things flies over the stadium. Right, like crop dusting. Yes, what, you gotta yeah, you gotta picture crop dusting. Or back in the day when I was growing up, they used to have uh, small planes uh, dropping big white, milky white clouds to try to kill all the mosquitoes. So that's what I'm envisioning from Marlins yes. Park in the fourth inning. Stand up, fans! Here comes, uh, you know, what's the name of the the helicopter? Uh, I don't know. It's the drone inning stretch, is what it's it is. It's the drone inning stretch. Stand up, yeah. folks! Stand up and they, they uh, play the song. Celebrate good times. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the future, everyone. We're all uh, sanitized. Hug your neighbor, and then everyone starts hugging. Right, sanitizing it. They also have to invent a mask that uh, allows you to uh, eat and drink through the mask. That that needs to be the next. Uh, hmm. The next. They'll invest. invent it as soon as we don't need masks anymore. Exactly. Let's get to Sarah Spain. Yeah, we had a fun conversation. Excited for you to hear it. Here's Sarah Spain. Hey, Sarah. What's happening? How are you doing? Hello. Is that a mustache I see? Uh. 
I, I've been oh, yes. full beard. The funny thing is, is my beard is here, but I don't usually grow this. But I haven't shaved it for a couple of days. Yes, that, that's funny that you call it's that a very out. thick stash. Thank you. It's bad. Yeah. Um, by the <laughs> way, I want to start a segment called "There's Nothing Worse Than." When you like yeah. try to get ice out of an ice machine and then it's jammed and you open your door and then ice falls on the floor. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. But I would argue that there's actually nothing worse than when you want to take a big sip of water, but then the ice gets in the way and then it falls all over yes. you in the middle of dinner. Or Because I did that the other day. And you're swigging the water and then the mid-sip ice falling down on your face. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. The worst. Yep. Nothing worse. That's than why I always drink it. way more water if I put it in a water bottle. Mm-hmm. Then I drink all day. The, the glass ice just slows me down. The name of your bit, uh, there's nothing worse than... Reminds me of uh, the Ellen DeGeneres bit where she um, talks about how there's nothing worse than a paper cut. Yeah. And then she says, actually, there are about a thousand things worse. I was going to say, the problem is, is that as soon as you say there's nothing worse than then, well, actually, people come into your mentions yeah. and say, really, there's nothing there's nothing worse than right. that. And you're like, that's not the, the point of what I said, Dick. But that's when yeah. we flip it on them. Like, you don't get you don't get it. You like, don't get that's the, the yeah. whole. I, that's why I named it exactly. that because I realized right. that it's. Ridiculous. And then every time. You're going to say there's nothing worse than and there's going to be no accountability for before, which is the point, which is like my segment that I used to do on my podcast where I complained about something. And then every time I would say one day, if I snap, it's probably going to be yep. about this. And I said that about every single thing. So yeah. yeah, basically every every podcast has this version of the bit. It's just what do we call? It? Yeah. It's just what do you call your complaint for the week? Yeah. I amazingly sort of ran out of complaints, which is I mean, it wasn't actually true. It just couldn't think of them the days that I was recording. So I had to switch the segment so that I'm not always complaining. Sometimes I'm I'm saying nice things. Very happy again to have on Sarah Spain, the ESPN star, icon of Chicago, part <laughs> owner of the Chicago Red Stars women's soccer team, which is exciting. Sarah, thanks a lot for being on. Thanks for having me. How's it feel? Part owner. <laughs> Feels pretty baller, yeah. to be honest. Owner. It really oh, yeah. does. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, I don't know why, but it, it just seems like such a cool thing to do. And, and we definitely want to dive into that and how that all came about. But first, I think what everybody needs to know is uh, how does it happen that you're uh, having a meal with Charles Barkley? <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Well, let's see. I I met Charles years ago when I worked at ESPN 1000. He came into the studio and uh, I remember very distinctly, they were like, Chuck, we're getting everybody lunch. Uh, what do you want? You know, hamburger, you know, cheeseburger, fish. And he was like, ain't no lakes in the hood. I'm not getting fish. <laughs> um, so he he's always has a, a, a funny statement for everything. Um, but I remember I met him there and then I ran into him outside the United Center once and he said, hey, Sarah. And I was like, whoa. He remembered my name uh, because he's he's pretty close with Waddle and Sylvie goes on their show a fair amount. So he listens to the show and 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 remembers. And then saw him once or twice more. So I'm on the red carpet for the ESPYs. And hey, Sarah, congrats on the wedding. And I was like, what the what's going on here? Wow. Charles is paying attention. And then a couple of times there's Murphy's Bleacher across from Wrigley has a sort of secret, not so secret apartment on top that's connected to a rooftop. And if you're there. And uh, the owners or one of the folks who are in the know know that you're allowed up there. They'll let you through a secret door when everybody else is just downstairs at the bar. And usually, depending on whether it's a playoff game or a post concert night, you'll be up there with, you know, Eddie Vedder and Chris Chelios and D.B. Sweeney from The Cutting Edge and uh, and Barkley sometimes. So we've hung out with him up there. And I think I had his number from one of those Murphy's things. And so uh, when he was in town last week, year for the All-Star Weekend, he texted me and said, you know, I'm in your city. And we met up for a couple hours at this 
cigar bar place. And so I remembered out in Arizona this last week that he lives out there. And I was like, oh, you're probably at All Star Weekend in Atlanta. But, you know, I'm in your city. And he was like, ah, I'm home. Drinks and dinner tomorrow. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, and it was just his daughter's wedding this past weekend. So he was uh, uh, he was not participating in the all-star stuff so he could stick around for the wedding and so we just lucked out with timing we had a blast as always he's the best dude and my friend that was with us doesn't really care about sports that much uh despite being a former athlete herself so that's always fun for her yeah. to be like, well and then who are you playing with oh no you're not friends with michael jordan anymore <laughs> just like all the like, right. you know the most simple innocent questions but it makes for really funny conversation he he can't be i have this just you know i hear him on radio and he's amazing on tv in person does he is he just like normal he can't be that the amazing. nicest human being no he is but he can't be always on just with those witty like those funny comments though like no, always he really is he waiters. always has something funny to say with the he's so nice oh. to the waiters um actually when i got there so i have not eaten indoors since last february i'm a yeah, big wow. stickler about covid and so when i got there he had beat us and the the maitre d was like oh your guest has already arrived we got a couple options for you you could be in the dining room you could be outside we actually have a private room if you want privacy and i was like shit yeah. i really hope he doesn't say he wants to be yeah. private even if it's our own room it's still indoors and i don't know what he's been up to and then later i was like well the wedding he's probably been and so um yeah so I went over and he was like, whatever, I don't care. Like, and, and truly meant it. And then with the waiters, he was super chill and relaxed. Yeah. And a couple people came up during dinner. One guy came up and was like the worst. Oh, he bought us all like uh, shots of whiskey that really none of us wanted. But, Char you know, Charles Gamely drank his and I just pushed mine toward Brad. Brad ended up taking like everybody's. Um, but uh, the guy was telling him about his real estate success. He's oh, like, God. yeah, so I work in a number of different counties, but I, I recently came back from a conference and, and then he kept saying, my best friend is Santana Moss. Like my best, like when he comes in town, he stays here. But he, like, I know a lot, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people and I'm just sitting here listening like, oh my God, I would die. I would have, like, I couldn't even fake being interested in the like real estate conference you just right. went to. And he was so nice to him, just so nice. Um, Listen, he puts his foot in his mouth a lot. You guys know that. Yeah. But I think people know that you're always getting the real him. Mm -hmm. And so they're much more willing to say, hey, apologize for being a dumbass and let's get back to it because they know that he's who he is and he's and he means well. And sometimes he just has dumb opinions um, and owning it, I think, allows him to just be as beloved as he is because he's super real. I feel like I could do an hour just on this dinner. Um, <laughs> but more, do you do you order differently? Like, I feel like I would. I'm a weirdo. You probably you're confident. Well, there, so you yeah, probably just well, go in and like do what you do. Like, is Brad like I'll have what? Yeah. Oh, Chuck, that sounds I'm getting that, too. That's what you're getting. Well, here's the thing. So Chuck wanted to go to Mastro's. That's his favorite. And Brad and I are vegetarians. Totally fine. There's lots <laughs> of stuff on the menu that's vegetarian. But we certainly weren't going to be like, we'll have what he's having. Oh, yeah. that's right. Um, <laughs> so we just got like a thousand kinds of sides. Right. Um, but what was hilarious is I had, we'd been on vacation all week. It was kind of near the end of the vacation. And I really tried to shut it down and like not be on social media, not watch sports yeah. and just relax. So I hadn't seen any of the the inside story, the oh, TNT so doc. And I heard it so good. But he, he, we're like our meals have arrived. We're all about like like quarter of the way. Wait, did he pre-cut his meat? Is that what we're going with? This? And, and we're starting to talk about it. And he's like talking about missing the all-star weekend and it's fine because of the wedding and you know he he's he's talking about how he's not on social media and that's for the best but like people will tell him what's going on he's like right now for instance I'm, i guess like everyone on social media is tearing me up for cutting up my steak <laughs> before i eat it my steak and my pancakes and then all three of us at the exact same time 
look down at his plate and notice that he has pre-cut oh like 15 God. pieces of steak like a child. And we're just dying laughing. Like dying. That's all I took away from that first episode. It, I was like, Charles Barkley pre-cuts his steak. Yeah. Yeah. And then all I right. tried to take a picture of his steak. I was like, I'm so sorry, dude, but I need to post this. And I was laughing so hard and it was on night mode. So it's just like completely blurry. And he uh. looks like, like a firework in his face. But my friend Kylie was like, dying laughing and then she's like oh my god i didn't want to say anything but i was watching you pre-cut up your meat and i was like oh that's cute it is that cute. is fantastic that that's real he i was like part of me was, was like, like that I might don't... be a bit he was like why would i wait then i have to slow down in between every bite if i pre-cut it i could just like keep going that's great that's crazy that's something your mother does for you when you're like four. oh yeah yeah sarah before we move on uh i want to uh just four. just circle back and, and ask you about that magical secret door because yeah, that intrigues me. Like, uh, if 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 you are allowed through that secret door, it's official, right? You are sort of yes. a Chicago what uh, yes. sports icon or beyond sports? You mentioned that. Well, Bell. I would say yes. You're a you're a celebrity of some sort, or you've managed to weasel your way into the hearts of the employee and or owner of that establishment. Um, and then once you get up there, you know you got to be cool. Right. If you get up there and you ruin it, you're not getting back up there. Yeah, no um, autograph. No, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, it's one of those things that when I wasn't allowed up, I was thought it was really dumb. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then once I'd just be hanging out and they'd be like, hey, Sarah, you want to go upstairs? I'd be like, ooh, something's going on up there. Yes, I do. And, you put and then it would resume, be, right yeah, on. and then, you know, it'd be Eddie Vedder, you know, sitting playing the piano up there while while Chelios is out, you know, doing stuff. Wow. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's, a it's fun. It's huh. a who's who. And especially like the night the Cubs won the pennant. For instance, I was doing sports center pre and post game, but I was allowed to go sit in a seat like a fan for the regular game. So I'm like rushing out. I don't get to hang out in the stands while the players run around to, you know, throw champagne at all the fans and celebrate. I had to run this last out and I hug my husband and I run over to Murphy's to do my live shots from outside surrounded by all the fans. And then, you know, by the time I'm done, I just want to celebrate. Yeah. And so um, we end up on the rooftop and um, Theo Epstein and a bunch of the front office people are up there with all the celebs and they are covered and soaked in the champagne. <laughs> and somebody, I don't know who, took off their Cubs pennant T-shirt and hat and like put them in a planter because wow. they were soaking wet and then they forgot. And there was only three of us left when I went home and I was like, well, that's mine now because <laughs> they forgot it. And so I, yeah. I took it home with me. But yeah, I mean, for moments like that or like after after Pearl Jam, where you don't want to go home yet because you're on such a rush because it was so fun. You want to have actually um, Pearl Jam did a sound check from up there a couple of days before one of their last shows. And they love to just go up there and start playing because people can hear it, but not really see them. And they just start wafting over. Um, and and one day uh, during one of those summers when when they were playing, Vetter just saw a busker outside on like between Wrigley and Murphy's um, playing. And he just stood and played with him for like a half hour and oh people God. driving by, you could see the video. They were like, God, that guy sounds like Eddie Vedder. That's, and then they're like looking, they're like, that is Eddie Vedder. <laughs> and, and like, there's all these great videos of just people kind of walking by double taking and being like, Oh shit. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a, listen, Wrigley is a magical, yeah. magical place. Oh, that's great. Sarah, I, I, I eagerly want to turn to the Chicago red stars because when I heard, uh, and I think you you announced it yourself, uh, when I heard that you uh, had an ownership interest now in, a, in a, a National Women's Soccer League team, I genuinely was thrilled. I, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but I'm like, wow, that is such a cool thing. And um, I think you're, there's a 
primary owner, and I think you're one of a dozen or 15 yeah. partners. And I wonder um, how that came about. Well, I'll try to make it sort of short, but I've been telling the same story because I think the context matters. So um, Abby Wambach was honored at the ESPYs with Peyton Manning and Kobe Bryant. They retired at the same time. She felt really honored. And then she walked off the stage and was like, oh, no, I have to find another career. Yeah. And she thought to herself, geez, I spent the same amount of years and time and blood and sweat. And I have the most goals of any man or woman in international play. And I crushed it. And now I got to start completely over. And these guys are set. They can do anything they want. And so she told that story at a Time's Up event. Natalie Portman is one of the co-founders of Time's Up. She was listening and Abby just went into detail about how the opportunities aren't the same in ownership or in front office or in leadership for women and they have to start over. And she was just really pissed about it. And it kind of reminded her of so many of the ideas around Time's Up of not just harassment, but equality and, and pushing for things to change. And so they started talking and I think she said something like, you know, how can I help? And and part of Abby's uh, Wolfpack book and the speech she gave at Barnard was basically, if they don't offer you a seat at the table, screw the table, just build your own, right? Stop asking for more seats at their table and build your own table. And so I think that was the kind of concept as they looked at the NWSL and supporting women's soccer and women's sports was put in for an expansion team. They knew expansion teams were coming down the pike. So that group of Angel City made such a splash when I first heard about it. And Julie Foudy, who's um, beyond being a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest soccer players ever, is a colleague at ESPN and a friend. So she had messaged a couple of us before the news hit. And I was like, what? You're a team owner? Like, what is that? How? That's what? You're my friend. But then, you know, she's also really famous and like amazing. So she's my friend and it's not that surprising that she would do it. But um, I'm looking at the list and it's Jennifer Garner and Natalie Portman and Billie Jean King and Serena Williams. And it's like 60 deep now of these incredible people. And you start to think, wait, you know, being an owner, you don't have to be like Jerry Jones on a James Bond yacht kind of rich. You don't have to be one person. You can have a conglomerate of people who have less money that all put in together and want to make this look different. And I had been a Red Stars fan. In fact, a couple of years before I'd thrown an impromptu tailgate party uh, because I'd gone to a couple games and just loved them. And I thought more people needed to go give it a shot and 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 see what a great product it was. So I just didn't even contact the Red Stars. I just told everyone, all right, on this day, buy your own game ticket. And I got all your beer, all your pizza, all your Malort. I'm throwing a big party. Come party with me before the game. And then the Red Stars got wind of it. And they were like, hey, we'll help you out. Like, let's put something together. And so we threw this big party, had a great time. I talked to the owner there. And one other game, he was, you know, walking around and I chatted with him for a while for a story. Um, so he knew me and then Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach, who are owners at Angel City, were on my podcast and I was just talking to them about ownership. I was like, well, I'm going to be an owner. I'm going to figure this out. Um, and I don't know if that got back to him, but he would separately had decided last fall to try to engage in a capital raise and look around and see if there were um, people interested in ownership. He's been the sole majority owner for 13 years. So the Red Stars are the longest running and winningest uh, team in the league. And so he wants help, you know, he welcomes all these people coming in, not just financially, but with ideas and connections and new people to talk to. He's been at it for a while. And so now he brings in all these new people that have different connections for sponsors and different ideas for game day entertainment and merch and connections to designers who can create cool Red Stars gear that people in Chicago will want to rock. So he reached out to me last fall and I was like, 
hell yes. Let me just check with my financial advisor <laughs> and see if this is possible. And then, yeah, we've been in meetings for months, a couple months now. So I was excited to like finally announce it because it's been a long time coming. Yeah, that's that's great. What's your, like, is it something where he you are given a task where it's like, you could tackle this general area, you you know, like what, or is it just kind of what ideas do you have in general? Yeah. So, I mean, the people who are in can be as involved or uninvolved as they'd like, but the group that we have is pretty small and all has Chicago ties and wants to be involved. So most of us, not every week, some of us are on every week. Most of us are on it are on most weeks. Um, and basically he'll have a rundown of, of things, whether that's okay, the draft's coming up. Here's what we're looking at. Here's positions we need to fill. Uh, here's what our stadium deal is. Oh, this um, is we're so negotiating cool. On. This is so it's cool. so interesting. Yeah. Especially cause I've never worked in business before. So it's kind of like a mini business school. I'm like, Oh yeah. And, and it's also like, I've made a lot of my living just criticizing owners and people who run women's sports. So now I'm in the room being able to say, we need to do this better. Or now I get why this is trickier than I thought it was. It, it's, it's both. Um, but you know, we've got two NFL players, one current, one former. And so it's interesting to hear them talk about, do you guys have a full-time nutritionist? Do you have a concierge? You should have a concierge so that when these women get to the new city, if they're not from somewhere equivalent to Chicago, they're going to be wanting help and you want them to focus on the soccer. You don't want them thinking about where do I live and how do I do X and Y? Um, so those guys coming in and understanding that the, that the restrictions are going to be difficult financially compared to the NFL, but being able to say, this is what players really want. And this is how you're going to make them feel special and taken care of and that they want to stay in Chicago, especially as expansion teams come and try to steal away your talent. How do you make them prioritize where they are and then merch and here's what our, so the red stars always have the best kit in football. It's like known that we always crush it. We've had the neighborhood one. We had the CTA one. So talking about our merch, Look at you and how calling it a kit. It. You're already in yeah, the know. Yeah, like a, I'm, yeah. I'm so, listen, I'm like just right on Mike Ryan's heels for like douche <laughs> or no douche of how many times I mentioned, like, I can't wait to walk out on the pitch. But yeah, so um, one of the owners is uh, Chance the Rapper's manager. She's this badass, like 28-year-old woman who's crushing it. And so she's got all these music ties, but she described us as sort of an octopus and like everyone's got their tentacles and whatever your tentacle can grab, um, you bring it into the fold, whether that's so I've got a lot of sponsor people that I'm bringing in to have conversations from my ESPNW summit stuff. I know the brands that like to work with women's sports. and I know people in Chicago. Um, and then I brought in a couple of the other owners when Arnim reached out to me. I said, oh, I really think like Izzy Adonage would be great for this former bear who's really in the business side of things. So there's no push to do anything specifically. But whatever you've got a connection to, you kind of, you know, bring it to the table and, and I've, try to help out. I've got out. you doing deep dives mm -hmm. on like fullbacks now, like like some pro some <laughs> prospect. You're like sending an email like, I think she's got good top speed. That's one you thing. Know, like you're like that's one thing so far I've been staying away from because I recognize my limitations as a non-soccer expert and also like um, just the number of sports that I have to know about. So I'm like, I hope people don't quiz me about like the, the, like, who do you think the best rookies in the NW? I'll be like, listen, I got, I got some more watching to do. It's <laughs> I've got a lot of sports to watch for my job. And, and the season is beginning, right? The challenge cup and then the regular season are like in the mm -hmm. next month or two. Yeah. Mid-April, April 9th, I think is the challenge cup. That's the preseason this year. That of course was like the major season last year because of the pandemic. Um, the challenge cup became the big thing, but this year it's the preseason and then regular season starts in May. Now, so, so many of the, uh, and, and if you ask me, what's my favorite team, I might say the U S women's national team yeah. because uh, a, I'm a front runner and, and I'm sort <laughs> of a, a, a patriotic jingoist. So when these women are kicking ass worldwide, it's like, all right, I'll get behind yep. that. 
but um, uh, so many of the U.S. WNT players are in uh, your league, including on on your team, right? If, if, unless I'm mistaken, the goalie Alyssa Naylor, and of course, Nair, yeah, and and of course uh, the the great Julie Ertz. Uh, yeah, we uh, have the most uh, U.S. Women's National Team players of any team in the NWSL. Actually, we have six. So you you come and you're going to see a whole bunch of them: Melissa Nair and Tierna Davidson and Julie Ertz and Mallory Pugh, who's going to be Mal's going to be a, a, a star going yeah, forward. A so new signing for you guys, right? Yeah, we just traded for her. Um, that was another cool. You had thing. a big say in that, I heard. Yeah, I didn't have a big say, but I did have a big like zip your lips, Bane, because this is like news that you should be breaking, but you can't uh. because you're getting it because this is your team that's making this trade. Um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a stacked team and it's a fun team in terms of not only you're going to come and recognize a lot of the women from the World Cup and the Olympics, but um, we got some fun habs. That's what I've been calling them. Husbands and boyfriends. Everyone always says wags. But we got some Habs because, you know, J.J. Watt's wife, Kalia, is on the team. Uh, Mal is dating Dansby Swanson, wow. Julie Ertz, oh, wow. of course, and Zach Ertz. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to figure out how to uh, make sure that I make good use of, of those guys, pit them against each other in, in some marketing campaigns or <laughs> something if we can. Sarah, you mentioned the, uh, the, the potential conflict a little bit and now being a part owner and a, a journalist with ESPN. Like if, if there is major news that you're privy to, uh, you know, you hear that the, the league commissioner is about to resign or something like that. How do you deal with that? How do you handle that? Yeah, that's an interesting example, because that's one where there would be probably a desire to at least give it to somebody else to, to break, if not. When I'm in the meetings and and the meetings are considered confidential, I, I treat that as off the record. It's right. the same as if I got information for a story that was considered off the record. That's protected, right? That's part of the job. It's protected. So I do think that part of the reason this isn't as much of a conflict as it could be is because we don't have rights to NWSL and it's an emerging sport. I think mm -hmm. it would be much more difficult to be a co-owner of an NFL team and be at ESPN because of the amount of time that's spent and the priority mm -hmm. that that league has in our coverage. That's not a slight to the NWSL. It's not quite a decade old yet, this particular league. Women's pro soccer has been around a little longer in a couple iterations, but it's going to be a lot of gut and then a lot of really checking in with ESPN and making sure I'm doing the right things. I've always been, you know, I'm not a beat reporter in any capacity. So much of my job is just, you know, gas bagging and giving opinions right. and making sure that the thing that leads me is fairness. This comes up kind of in the same context of homerism, right? It used to be that you could not let on for a second what teams you rooted for. And now that's not really it anymore, especially right. because fans would rather know that you actually care about this stuff. So what's always led me in those instances is, am I being fair? And would I say this about another team? Would I say this about another player? If a player on my team is doing something that I would criticize elsewhere, what am I going to do it now? And so that's really important to me and always has been. So it's going to be the same here. And I just had Lisa Baird on my podcast, the commissioner. And, you know, I asked her all sorts of stuff that she probably wishes I didn't. Um, but I'm not going to stop doing the job that I do because of this. It's just going to be about being really upfront about it and making sure that everything is led by by fairness and to both jobs. You um, I admire you, Sarah, as a as a woman of accomplishment and ambition. Thanks. And um, I really do. And and I know you you have an activist bone on your body. I know you're into philanthropy a little bit with the hearing um, mm -hmm. thing you do for kids. And, and I'm wondering if you have um, ambitions that are beyond what you're doing now, like, like, because quite frankly, I'm going to say something that you're going to laugh at, but I, I sort of almost mean it. If, if, if I found out that in 10 years you were running for 
mayor of Chicago, I would be like, <laughs> all right, that makes sense. Sure, I can see that. Um, I, I'm wondering what your ambitions might be like 10 years from now, or do you see yourself doing the same thing? Because you're at the pinnacle of your profession. But I'm wondering if you have ambitions beyond that. You are not alone in asking if I have an interest in politics because of how much I talk about the issues I care about and have a have a mouth on me. Um, Just announce your candidacy right here. Sarah. I know. Come on. Sorry. Spain yeah, news. 2040. <laughs> I don't know about politics. I'm not sure. I think there are things that I care a whole lot about. And then there are other things that I don't care about. And I would say are probably actually blind spots. Like I mentioned before, I've never had like a business job. So I think all the social issues would be forefront. And then I'd be like, wait, how does how what taxes? How do those work? Right. Like they were like they would give me a map and I'd be like, I don't know where that country is. So, <laughs> you know, there's those things. Yeah. Um, although nothing really precludes you from being a politician at this point. Uh, we have now learned that uh, yeah. a lack of knowledge in really any category is not right. encouraged, actually prevent you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elite, uh, the elite liberal um, uh, desire to have uh, an education and be into intellectual is now actually looked down upon um, to your question. I will say that I have an activist spirit, but I tend not to have an entrepreneurial spirit. I'm, I got so used to as a kid being told, um, do this as an athlete or as a student or as a, you know, musician or whatever I was doing. And then just, I would crush it. I would work outwork everybody. I would practice more. And then I would, I would do well. I have not been as much thinking outside the box of what do I do outside of ESPN or what do I do outside of? So every time something happens to come my way, whether it's like the E60 story that I did that ended up being super successful and we won an Emmy and, and more importantly to me, the, that was the first long form feature I ever wrote. And I won some really impressive awards that kind of validated this deep sinking worry within me that I almost gave away the story to someone else. When we were talking about doing a written attachment to it, I was like, maybe Wright Thompson or Mina should do this. And they're like, you're a writer though. Right. And I'm like, yes. Um, just cause it's like scary to have a story that's that great. And, and I was worried about ruining. And so it was a, a really a lot of validation. And so every time something new like this ownership comes along, my first answer is like, what? No, I can't do that. And then I'm like, why not? Why not? Like plenty of other people do shit they're not qualified for or plenty of other people think they're qualified for anything and everything. So don't doubt yourself and don't buy into all the imposter syndrome stuff. And so for the most part, everything has worked out when I just say, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. And so um, I don't know if I have... I mean, I have media ideas of things I want to do um, outside of that. I think this ownership is going to be a really cool thing for me to just feel what it is to be outside of media and what it is to be taking meetings with all these sponsors and trying to figure out changes to this league. And will it inspire me to then want to be in charge of other stuff? Potentially. I don't know about politics. We'll see. I do like power and I do like people listening to me. Right. And I do like talking. And those are all hmm. great aspects. Of politics. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, um, we're, we're going to say goodbye for now to uh, Sarah Spain, ESPN star, uh, Chicago Red Stars part owner, uh, future NWSL commissioner, potential <laughs> mayor of Chicago. Uh, Sarah, all the best. Thanks as always. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Poner. Poner. Part owner. Poner. Poner. Yeah. 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 Or co which would be co-owner. Yeah. I, would, I think we'll stick away from moaner. Yeah. That's my, the, minority that, owner. The, <laughs> using owner is a, is a weird one. It's, it's dicey. Moaner. <laughs> moaner. Anyway. Funny. All right. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Fun as always, guys. 
Thank you again to Sarah Spain. Good stuff. And now we're going to get right to Mount Gregmore. Your favorite part of every episode, Mount Gregmore. I'm just honestly glad that the, the short stint with me having to do it is over. Like it oh, just, I know. It was just a yeah. pain in my ass. Well, I'm going to admit to you, okay? You're going to be pleased with what I'm about to say. This is the comeback edition because, yes, our Mount Gregmore last week on Dwayne the Rock Johnson sucked. Yeah, okay? it was bad. It was bad. It was the first Gregmore that Chris Cody hated with actual due cause. I will admit that. Dawes. But, yes, but we leave behind the rock and get on a roll today with this holiday special, the Mount Gregmore of Patrick's, in honor of St. Patrick's Day. All right. No Pats here. Sorry, Riley and Sajak. Only Patrick's That's need to see, stupid, stupid, stupid. First, our honorable mention. He's why we lift a pint of beer tinted with green food coloring every March 17th. This is when the saint and missionary of Ireland died in the 5th century on March 17th. Within the Irish diocese today, March 17th is a holy day of solemnity and obligation. In America, it's a day of shamrock hats, corned beef, and booze. Thank you, St. Patrick. Are you reading? No, I'm, uh, this is all off the top of my head. Now, number five. One of only 14 persons to lead a lap in both the Daytona 500 and Indy 500, though winning neither, the now-retired driver is considered one of the most accomplished females in motorsports history, including the only one to win an IndyCar race. It's Danica Patrick. So last names work. That's right. Number four. He is an American actor, singer, comedian, writer, producer, and award show host. You first knew him as Doogie Howser, M.D., then in How I Met Your Mother. Greg Cody once met him at a South Beach food and wine festival event, taller than I imagined. Neil Patrick Harris. Hold the phone. Isn't, yeah. isn't Patrick his middle name? Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. Oof, I don't know if this fits. I mean, Patrick, you, you, nobody calls him Neil Harris. You gotta have the Patrick in there. Okay. All right, number three. He was an American attorney, farmer, politician, and orator, and a founding father of the revolution who uttered seven of the most famous words in the fight for U.S. independence. Give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry. It really sounds like you're reading. No, this is all off the top of my head. And from personal knowledge, I didn't Wikipedia anything or... You know, this is all... I mean, right when, you, when you said Neil Patrick Harris is an American actor, singer, comedian, and writer, it sounded like you just copy and pasted that from his Wikipedia. No, not at all. <laughs> Number two, he is a Jamaica-born American basketball icon, currently the head coach at Georgetown, best known as the Hall of Fame Center for the New York Knicks. He was back in the news recently for being outspokenly annoyed that security folks at Madison Square Garden kept asking to see his credential because they didn't recognize him. Patrick Ewing. We have that clip. Let's play that for the people. But I do want to say one thing, though. They, I, I thought this was my building, and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asking for passes. I, everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. And I'm getting stopped. I can't move around this building. Like I, I was like, what the hell? Is this Madison Square Garden? 
I'm going to have to call Mr. Dolan and say, Jesus, is my number in the rafters or what? How are you a security guard at Madison Square Garden and not know who Patrick Ewing is? It's true. I, I feel like Patrick could chill out a little bit, but I, I get his point. That would be What? A- chill out a little bit? You, Greg Cody? I mean, you expect that treatment when you walk in your local vignettos. We're talking about at the Madison Square Garden. We're not just talking about a restaurant in New York where right. he could have the same argument. We're talking about the his office building. That he yes, that's true. His name is, he's in the rafters. That's true. His number is literally retired and they're asking him for his ID. I'm with you, Ewing. Keep on complaining. And now, number one, he is on the mountaintop at age 25. Already a Super Bowl champion and MVP, the Kansas City Chiefs rewarded their quarterback with a 10-year contract that could be worth $503 million. He just had a newborn daughter who was immediately offered a college scholarship in soccer to his alma mater, Texas Tech. Like, he can't afford to pay for a college scholarship so they can give it to uh, an underprivileged soccer player who deserves it more. But anyway, it's not on you, Patrick Mahomes. What, well, an, odd, what an odd hot take in the middle of that. Like, <laughs> I know, really. It just annoys me when, you know, celebrity newborn daughters are... Awarded a oh, college. does that annoy you? So if FAU, when I was in high school, if FAU was like, oh, Greg Cody went here. Hey, Chris, would you like? This is a guy who signed a $500 million contract. He doesn't need charity. That, he can it's not charity. Free. It's not about charity. It's about projecting, hey, we have a relationship with Patrick Mahomes. He's got good genes. His dad was a baseball player. He's the best quarterback ever. He just had a daughter. Hey, even if it's just for publicity, if you'd like to, she can come play soccer for us. She's just born. Okay. Like now we're talking about Texas Tech. It's a PR move. Right. Like this is not like the, the, I, no one thinks they're helping out Patrick Mahomes financially here. Okay. Well, Pat, uh, don't call me Pat. Patrick Mahomes. By the way, Pat Riley's name is Patrick James Riley. His name is Patrick. Right. Exactly. He should be on this list. No, 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 no. When was the last time you've heard the Miami Heat owner referred to as Patrick Riley? I'm just saying his name is Patrick. It'd be okay. a great list. I'd be like, oh, what are the best Patricks in sport history? Patrick Mahomes, Pat Riley, who's number one? And okay. it's just like my dad, because he just wants to be annoying, like takes right, but you notice, list. You know, you didn't answer my question. When was the last time you heard the, the Heat president referred to publicly as Patrick Riley? Never. Okay, thank you. But it's the just his name. Press. Anyway. Okay. It's a good All list. Right, this well, was a good one. This was much better than the, the, the hey, Dwayne and, The Rock and, Johnson one. Yes, it, it was, I admit. And, and thank you all, the good folks at Mount Gregmore, for another Sterling edition. It's just you. Can't wait to see who will be home on the range next week. I love, the, I love the idea of you having a committee meeting, and it's like in, in your office, and it's just you talking to yourself. Right. Yeah, it's like, I, I think Sarah Spain, you know, she's on the board of directors. I mean, you know, we're, it's not just me, believe me, even though I get all the credit because it's Mount Gregmore. But it's a collaborative effort. So uh, anyway, we're going to wrap this uh, latest episode up. Really appreciate all of you. And, uh, and of course, we're, we're back on Sirius XM uh, every Monday from 5 to 6 p.m. on channel 145. Hey, serious people, come, uh, come check out our podcast. Download, rate, review. If you like this, if you like this wackiness you just heard, we got a whole catalog of episodes. Come check us out. We do. We do indeed. And uh, podcast family, thanks as always. For supporting us, uh, rate, review, subscribe, and listen, and all that stuff. And uh, thanks again to Sarah Spain, and we'll catch y'all next week. Patrick James Riley, you know it, Pat Riley. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. <laughs>